Mel, and you're listening to my Rough Draft podcast, where we talk about embracing our current seasons of faith, work, and wholeness. As a part of the Rough Draft Collective, we are committed to the holistic growth of millennial men and women, and each week we'll discuss how to redefine history with our everyday stories. Enjoy the show. Hey y'all, it's Mel. Thanks again for tuning into my Rough Draft podcast. I missed y'all last week. I um, had every intention <laughs> of posting an episode, but as I mentioned in the previous episode, I'm still in the month of January, at least been doing a lot of reflecting on what direction I wanted to go in for 2020. And when thinking through specifically for the podcast, I've been going back and forth about whether or not I wanted to focus more so on faith or whether I wanted to focus more so on work and business whether I wanted to focus more on like doing interviews or whether I just wanted to be me talking and giving my tips and and different lessons and things that I've learned along the way. And I feel like the more I tried to separate the topics, the more frustrated I got. And the more that I tried to separate the topics, the more that I realized that they all truly go together. Because the thing is, is that like as millennials or as young professionals, you know, we have a lot of things going on. We're trying to navigate life. We're trying to navigate our careers. We're trying to think through like our faith and our purpose, and they all do go together. And one thing that I've learned is that one of the most significant ways where we can activate and increase our faith, where we can go deeper into our purpose is through our career and business. And oftentimes we achieve our own goals or learn to embrace where we are by listening to other people's stories and by learning practical tips from them. So... I say all that to say that I'm starting to slowly bring it all together. (laughs) So, you know, thank you for your patience. But (laughs) today we are talking about navigating the job search journey in 2020. And my intent on today's episode isn't just about helping you find your dream job because your dream job will change over time. It will change. But it's also about helping us all better understand the current season of our careers and where we are and understanding the bigger role that this current season or this current position plays into our purpose. So when I did did an end of the year survey last year, 100% of you (laughs) said that you wanted to grow in your career in 2020. And so for this week specifically, I want to share with you some stories and, and tips that I have when it comes to job searching. This week, we're solely talking about applying to jobs. I also want to get into interviewing and also how to be successful in your current position and And so I may do a part two. I'll have some interviews that I need to get done as well. So we'll see what happens. But if I don't get through everything today, then there'll be a part two next week. But anyway, I also have a pretty big announcement at the end of today's episode. So you want to be sure that you stay until the end. I've rambled enough. So let's get into today's episode. All right. So when thinking through like my story when it comes to my job search journey to kind of like maybe sum up my work history over the past 10 years. This is just for reference. So you guys understand Um, over the past, I would say 10 years, I've held probably about seven to eight titles, some simultaneously because I worked two jobs um, at, at times when I was in college. And I've also successfully increased my income about six times more than what I was 
was making when I first entered the workforce full time six years ago. So since I've been like in the workforce post-grad, you know, I've considerably increased my income over those past um, six years. So throughout my work experience, in addition, I also, as far as my education, I also have obtained a bachelor's degree, a master's degree. I have a certification in Lean Six Sigma and project management. And so I say all that to say that like, I feel like I tried my best to do like the education piece to get my education, to get as much experience as I could. And that's kind of like the highlight reel or the accolades. Right. But if we're being really real, even with all the education, even with all the experience, even with all the accolades, finding a job has never come easy to me. (laughs) Um, Even with having the beautiful resume, I sometimes found it very difficult to get in the door. Um, And if I'm being honest, I sometimes settled on lesser pay or or on lesser than ideal positions out of impatience versus being intentional for the right position. Thankfully, it all worked together for his good around day 28 but anyway I've been I said to say that I've been that person going door to door handing out my resume to businesses I've been that person randomly applying to a bunch of jobs I've been that person interviewing for jobs that I knew I didn't want or that I knew wasn't what I really needed for my career. I've been that person that has cried daily (laughs) about, you know, their job, their career, et cetera, and how they feel like they're not getting anywhere. Point blank period. I've been desperate when it comes to job searching. And I know it doesn't sound that way because I've had a bunch of titles or because I have, you know, I went to school or got an education, but it, it, it was definitely a struggle. And a lot of times I had to constantly move jobs because I, again, I was accepting lesser than ideal positions. And so along the journey, <laughs> I have found some helpful tips that are both very practical, but then there are also some mindset shifts that I had to take as well. And so I think that my story will be able to help anyone. So let's get into today's tips. So as a disclaimer, I want to be clear. Let's 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 come close. Come come close to your headphones. Be let's be clear. This is from my experience. The tips that I'm going to share are from my experience and you need to use them at your own risk. If God is telling you to do something other than what I'm telling you to do, I have to say this, then you need to do it. What he says goes above what I say. So again, he uses at your own risk, but this is what I'm sharing is what has worked for me and is what has worked for people that I have worked with. So do not send me no emails. Do not send me no DMs. Okay. Either take the information and run with it or leave it. All right. Now, now that we got that disclaimer out of the way, um, the first tip is that you have to invest on the front end to get in the door and make the process easier in the end. I'll say that again. You have to invest on the front end to get in the door and make the process easier in the end. So many times you know, we want to find the job. We go on Indeed, we go on LinkedIn, we go on Career Builder, we go on ZipRecruiter and we just have that, our resume on there and we just start clicking apply, 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 right? We start aimlessly applying to positions instead of 
taking the time to ensure that our application stands out, stands out and that it matters because the, the truth, and we all know this, this is common knowledge that for every position, there are thousands of applicants most times. And many times by the time, by the time, honestly, that some of those jobs get posted on Indeed or on LinkedIn, maybe not LinkedIn, but on Indeed and on like those career builder and zip recruiter, those main job search engines, most of the times, by the time the job has already been applied to those online networks, they've already a lot of times started the interview process or they're also looking internally to see what internal candidates qualify for the position. And so I know it's tempting to just aimlessly click apply, 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 but I will argue that it's more valuable to take the time to prepare your resume and cover letter that's done in a strategic, but it's also done in a quick and timely fashion, right? Because if there is a short turnaround time when you're applying to these jobs, I typically advise people, if you see a job that is posted, that posts, you know, today, then within 72 hours, you need to post your, your, your application or your resume and your cover letter. And applying within 72 hours does not mean that you're just putting your blanket resume and blanket cover letter out, you actually want to make sure that you are tailoring your resume and your cover letter specific to the job description by using the same keywords or similar language that is in the job description and also um, putting that in your resume because what will happen is when it goes through the applicant tracking system or the ATS, then it'll start to pick up the keywords from your resume that match that job description and based off of that match, that's what's going to make your resume stand out to the recruiter. And so you want to be sure that you highlight those keywords in the job description and making sure that you're hitting that um, verbatim, both in your resume, as well as your cover letter. And of course, you want to include references and samples of your work where that's possible. So I say that because I've been in interviews where even though I may have been a little, um, you know, underqualified for the job or even sometimes overqualified, a lot of times when I do get in the door for an interview, uh, recruiters and hiring managers will tell me how my resume aligned perfectly to the job that they were looking for or how they were intrigued by the story, you know, that I provided in my cover letter. And we'll talk more about that. But what I'm saying is that even though I didn't have as much experience as others applying, it was my tailored resume and cover letter that got me in the door and that showed my pre-commitment to the job by doing my research, right? And you may say, well, changing my resume for every single job is too much, but there's an art to it. You don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time. What I do is I create a working template. So I, how I do that, because I want to make sure I tell you the how is that I want, I get clear on the industry that I want to be in, whether that's in engineering, whether that's tech, whether that's healthcare, I get really clear on the industry that I want to work for. And two, I get really clear on the job title I want. So for example, if I want to go in project management, then I'm going to look for jobs that have project manager, senior project manager, project specialist, you know, maybe project coordinator, but I want to get really clear on the job title that I want, the industry that I want to be in. And then I create what I call a template resume or a working template and a cover letter based on those specifics. So if I want to work in the healthcare industry, then my cover letter is going to be based off of wanting to work in the health industry and wanting to work in a certain field in the healthcare industry. I'm not going to try to cover all of my interest in that one cover letter, right? So if you are interested in additional industries, you may be interested in healthcare 
or you also may be interested in tech, then you will create one resume and one cover letter based off of the healthcare industry and what you are interested in doing there. And then you'll create another resume template and cover letter based off of what you want to do in the other field. But again, you want your, your resume to be very clear as far as what you want, right? So that way, when you apply to a company within that industry, or you go to look for open positions with that title, you can easily tailor up or, or change the wording based on the based on the job description, right? So if you have two healthcare companies that you want to work for, it's easier to kind of tailor that because you already have your working healthcare template, right? And that is still tailored. Again, I'm going to keep saying that it's tailored to the job description and to the industry that you're looking for. When it comes to creating that tailored resume, you want to be sure that you add the words, language, and key takeaways, again, from the job description. You want to be sure that you're using power words, that you're not just saying, um, you know, handle cash for XYZ. You want to say manage, you know, the budget. You want to be able to power up the up, up what you do and, and really highlight the accomplishments that you've made and how you've decreased costs, how, you, how you've increased productivity, how you've increased employee morale, um, highlighting those those really key accomplishments that you've done at that job. You want to include that in, in the tailored resume. And then when it comes to the cover letter, you want to be able to paint the picture. So the cover letter is, is there to kind of tell the story of, of how you got where you are and how your experience tailors to the resume. You want to highlight parts of your resume, but you do not want to exactly put everything from your resume in the cover letter because then what's the point of having the cover letter, right? So you your cover letter is used to tell the story of how your experience and how your commitment to that industry, to that job, and how to that company aligns perfectly with what the hiring manager is looking for. You want to provide specific examples, list additional experience that may not be listed in your resume, or if you have any gaps in your resume, then you can use your cover letters to kind of explain any gaps in your in your work history. And again, you want to add specifics of about the company and why you want to work for the company. So I always advise, or what I do when I work with clients specifically for the cover letter, is I will go on the company website, I'll look at their history, I will look at different leaders, you know, within the company, and I'll kind of tie in like how maybe the leaders inspired me or how, you know, the company's mission and value inspired me. And that's why I'm applying to the position. So again, it does take additional work, but that's why you want to make sure that you take the time to get clear on what you want, because that way that those tips, even though it takes more time on the front end, that's what's going to make you stand out to the hiring manager versus just blanketly applying with the, with the resume that has nothing to do with the job description. You're, you're wasting your time, right? So it's better to, to, do and invest on the front end. Okay. That's number one. Now for number two, tip number two, you want to be intentional and strategic about where you apply and what you apply to. This kind of ties into number one. But again, when I was in that desperate state where I was not happy where I was and I was desperately trying to trying to find a job that paid more or trying to find a job that wasn't a dead end secretary job, um, I was in a desperate state and I would go on, on, you know, if I wanted to work for a specific company, I would go on that 
that company's site and I would apply for every single position that I saw. Um, and I soon found out and while I thought that like I was, you know, being productive, I found out that that was a big no, no. Um, and this may not apply to every company, but you have to think about it, right? Most companies have an HR department that recruiters work for multiple work, multiple postings within that company. And so when you apply on a company website, you can typically, once you've applied, you can typically go somewhere and see all the the applications that you've placed for that company, right? Well, guess what? If you can see it, then a lot of times the recruiters can see it as well. Sometimes, not always, but many times the recruiters can also see where you have applied to. And what I found personally is that sometimes, sometimes recruiters are turned off by seeing a bunch of applications, especially if they are very random. So when you have the dream company that you want to work for, I always, again, remind people to keep your ideal job title, keep your ideal um, field, keep that in mind when you're applying for that dream company and only apply to the jobs that are specific, that you are specifically interested in and ensure that the jobs you're applying to, that they have a common theme. That way, for example, if I'm a recruiter and you've placed in 10 applications for different project management positions or for different engineering positions, then I know, okay, this person, this person wants to get into project management. This person wants to get into engineering and their, you know, their goals are clear. And I can see again, how their, their resume and their cover letter and how their story lines up to what we're looking for. Right. But if you're applying to the customer service position, you apply to the director position, you apply to the project management position, you apply to the sales position, you apply to all these different positions that have no common theme, then it's very unclear about what you want and it doesn't look good on a from a recruiter standpoint who's looking for an expert in that particular area they're not looking for people who are just you know just just happen to apply they want people who are who are targeted to that job description right so it's always better I say to apply to maybe one to five positions within the company that is tailored to what you actually want versus sacrificing your entire reputation with that company because you're just applying to everything you see within that company Company. Again, that's my experience. I know that that is not standard for all companies, but again, you just want to be careful when you are uh, on Google and you're just applying to every single position that you see. Okay. So that's number two. Number three is that you want to, if you can, you want to make sure that you search for a job while you have one. The best time to search for a job is while you have one. And you want to look for internal opportunities first, if that's possible, and if that is what you want, okay? So you wanna search for a job while you have one. This is kind of three parts of this tip, but you wanna search for something while you have it. Um, You wanna look internally first to see if there's any way for you to move up internally within your company. Um, And then lastly, you want to prepare for a six to 12 month process. I know, I know, I know you want, I know, but you need to prepare for a six to 12 month process. And I'll tell you why, again, 
disclaimer, this is from my experience. You need to pray. If God gave you a timeline, run with it, be blessed. But I'm telling you, again, from my experience, from working with others, I don't know your situation or the company that you work for. I know that internal advancement, especially for smaller companies, is not always possible. I've experienced that. So again, this is just from um, an overall or a general statement. And I'm going to go into why I say that. So, you know, Again, when we're searching for jobs, we want to be strategic about we want to be strategic and we want to be specific. Right. And so when you're searching for a job while you already have your job, you're more likely to be more strategic, more strategic, more specific and less desperate because before even applying and honestly, even before you start hitting apply, even before you start working on your resume and your cover letter, what I would suggest or what I do with clients is I really have a a true heart to heart conversation about what your needs are. You really need to evaluate your needs before you start looking for a job. So you need to say, you need to write out your bills and write out, you know, how much salary you'll need to, you know, live a decent lifestyle. You'll need to write out the work environment that you need. So if you're currently like in a very toxic work environment or you're in a work environment where your boss maybe is not encouraging or they it may be, you know, dysfunctional relationship there. Or if you're in a dead end title where you're not able to move anywhere because of the title that you have, um, those are the things that you need to evaluate. So you really need to assess where am I now and where do I want to go before you even start applying to jobs, right? And the word says, of course, that God honors our faithfulness with little, that he honors our patience and endurance through tests and trials. And so like it or like it or not, and this goes into the last part and what I was about to say that your job searching journey is, is going to be a journey. Um, even for me personally, like I said, I've consistently moved up over the past, you know, five to six years, but even with job advancements or promotions that I've gotten within my company or even sometimes within the same department in my company, it still took sometimes six to nine months to actually see the pay increase, to actually see my title change. And that's with me being literally in the same department, literally within the same company, it still took time. Um, even now, the job that I have now that I've had since um, 2019, it took me a year to get this job. Um you know, before I actually started getting getting offers finally that that I could work with. And that's, again, with my education, with my experience, that's with knowing how to write resumes and write cover letters. It still took time. And so I say that to say that I know sometimes, you know, when we're in, you know, a toxic work environment or we're, you know, in a dead end job that we can be tempted to just take steps of faith and quit. And if and hear me clearly, if God's telling you to quit, then you do that. But for those of us who are just jumping because we we don't want to wait, I just want to tell you to just hold on, just just take a minute and really think. Because from my experience, I've learned that sometimes it's better to wait for the right opportunity than to jump into something that was worse off than where you started. So for example, 
in 2018, I was with a company that I liked, but I was in positions where I wasn't really making enough money to live off on. And I was pretty much just making ends meet. And then I was having to also incur debt, you know, to be able to actually have some type of lifestyle. Um, And that was with me being in school, eventually getting my master's, you know, I was really looking to advance and I was struggling within that company to move up. My department didn't really have any more room for me to move up and they didn't really have any openings or any opportunities for what I was really trying to do. And I was desperate. I was desperate, you know, for a better life financially. I was desperate to have an opportunity that to actually do what I was passionate about, to do what I actually went to school for. Um, I was desperate to be challenged because I just felt like my, my job at the time was mindless and it didn't require any thought. I was desperate for someone to give me a chance, you know, when trying to move up into even leadership, you know, I just felt like I wasn't getting anywhere because I was, you know, the youngest, oftentimes the youngest person in the room or the youngest person applying to those jobs. And even while I was in that desperate state in 2018, again, where I was really struggling financially, um, while also trying to advance and, and trying to do the work, you know, some opportunities did come along the way. Um, so opportunities came, eventually came within my company, but they were lateral moves. And so, you know, most of most of them were lateral moves where, you know, it wasn't much more money than than what I was making currently or the job title again was a dead end title that I really wouldn't be able to advance from. Um, and then there were some there were some interviews that came that were good, that were ideal, that made the money that I was looking to make. But then I would go do it, do the interview, do great on the interview, hear great feedback, feedback and then never receive the offer. And so I was having that tug and pull of where I was getting offers that were less than ideal, but then the ones that I really wanted, um, I wasn't getting called back for. And it was very frustrating. And out of my frustration, I almost took one of those lesser than ideal opportunities and would have been stuck for a whole nother year in that position had I just said, okay, well, I'm just going to take this because I'm desperate. Because, you know, once we, once we're in a, in a situation that we don't want to be in anymore, right, we're happy when we get the job. But then when it becomes too much, then we're like, oh, my goodness, I have to leave. It's unbearable. Right. But but anyway, but I was faced with the fact was, was I going to to take this job that was less than ideal because that's what I could do in my own strength? Or was I going to actually wait for the God opportunity? Right. And so I had to take a step back and really evaluate what I wanted. And so I ended up declining the lesser opportunity to wait for God's best. And so over time and, and by over time, I mean months. Okay. By overtime, I mean months. Um, God would eventually give me an opportunity past the timeline that I had in my head, but it was more than what I was expecting. Right. So this opportunity that came about would end up paying more than any of those dreams that dream jobs that I was really looking forward to, but had got denied from it. It paid more than those. It gave me more flexibility than those jobs. It challenged, it was going to be a really big career move 
career advancement that would challenge me. And I wouldn't even know this until I got in the position. Um, but but I say that to say that God eventually made it made a way. Um, that job that I ended up getting was a job that I forgot that I had even applied for. And, and hear me, the process to get that job was not smooth. It was a very rigorous interview process where I had to interview several times. I had to do a presentation and I still didn't know how it was going to turn out in the end or whether or not I was going to even get the offer, but it happened. And, and God walked me through that process. So don't think that, and I say that to say, like, don't even think that the God opportunity is just going to come easy and just fall in your lap. And that's why I'm, I'm giving you these tools and tips to actually do the work because it's not just going to fall in your lap. So all this to say that I want you to do what you can be excellent in what you can do and trust God to either take care of the rest or, or move you in a di- different direction or show you or show show you the bigger purpose and why he has you in that current position, right? All right. So enough rambling. Um, I would say I want to provide like some quick work way over time, but I wanted to kind of go through really quickly my last minute tips on what I did while I was waiting for the right opportunity to come. So one, I stayed in prayer. And when I say stayed in prayer, it was mostly crying, screaming and kicking, <laughs> but I always tried to make sure that I was a set that I was, you know, um, attributing God as my source, right? So I was talking to him even when I was pissed, even when I was crying and mad, I still made made sure that I was always that I stayed in prayer. Um, I got my, I'm sorry, I can't talk. <laughs> my, I got my resume critiqued multiple times. And so I was always um, submitting it to be reviewed and always taking feedback and making edits accordingly. Um, while I was waiting, I honed in on my skill set. And so there were certain skill sets that maybe other applicants had that I didn't have that made me a little less competitive. So I would go onto like LinkedIn learning or like Udemy and take like different courses that I could add to my resume as, as skills um, that would make me more competitive. Um, I set a clear goal of applying. So what I personally did is I set a goal of applying to five to 10 jobs per week and I didn't apply to any more or any less. And so that kind of, again, gave me that balance of making sure that I'm working, but also trusting his timing and not getting too panicked and too desperate, right? So I set a clear goal of applying to X amount of number of jobs a week. You can use that at your discretion. Um, Of course, I look for job fairs in the city um, and relevant networking events in the city. Um, And that actually worked very well um, because I I got a lot of interviews from from those job fairs as well. Um, I went ahead and planned ahead to line up my references. So I told the necessary people, hey, I'm looking for a job. I'm going to need a reference from you. Do you feel comfortable doing it and talking through that? That way, once we start the interview process and get the offer, you know, that's a done deal. I maintained status quo and had to learn to become faithful with where I was and and get better in my current job. So while I thought that it was mindless, it was because my heart wasn't in it anymore. So I had to start again, giving that current job a purpose and, and finding purpose in the small things. And I think that that helped as well. And the last thing was that I had to make the daily decision not to take rejection personally. And as, as someone, 
someone who struggles with rejection a lot, um, that was, again, a daily decision because I do understand being rejected from jobs, not being considered for the jobs that you really want and being only considered for less than ideal positions. Um, it can make you feel like you're not good enough. And I get it. Um, so, again, keep going in prayer. Keep going to God, regardless of how you feel um, and just make that decision to keep going and to not take it personally. Okay. Now, before we close, you know, for me as a writer, again, it has been reasonably easy for me to come up with resumes and and tailoring it to the job description and cover letters and all the tips that I provide that kind of comes natural to me as a writer. But I do recognize that it may not be this way for others. So for some of you, writing just isn't your expertise, or you may have a super demanding job and a super demanding life and you want to move, but you just literally don't have the time to do it. And I get it. So I wanted to offer you guys um, my my schedule and my skills. Um, So for those of you who are interested in really making some serious career moves in 2020 and need some extra assistance um, for a limited time, I am going to be offering resume and cover letter writing services um, one on one. So you'll be working directly with me. We'll have like a a coaching call where we can get clear on your goals, especially for those who want to transition into different careers or or industries. you know, we'll do those complimentary career coaching calls. You'll get a tailored resume and cover letter based on on those goals. And then I'll also provide like some templates to help you with your interview process and following up with the jobs that you apply for and things like that and more. So if you're interested in learning more about that offer, then the link will be in the show notes, but it's also on our website, the roughdraftcollective.com slash work hyphen with hyphen us. Again, it'll be in the show notes, but it's also on our website as well. You can also email us at the rough draft collective at gmail.com where we can go ahead and book your first 30 minute, um, coaching call about your career with me. And yeah, so I wanted to provide that to you guys, not because I need it, but because I'm I'm seriously committed to helping you actually walk this rough draft out. Um, yes, we embrace where we are, but again, at some point we have to allow the editing process to take place. We have to begin taking steps towards becoming that bestseller and that masterpiece. And doing this for your career is going to be really one of the most vital steps that you'll take in your life because your career is not your source, but your career does impact your way of life. It does impact your legacy. It does impact what all you can do to advance the kingdom. Um, Your career is a part of your ministry. I'm a firm believer of that. You know, your ministry is not based on a platform. A lot of times you can be the best minister on your job, um, given that's where you often spend a lot of time. So I want to come alongside you and help you make your career one that you would dream of. So again, if you're interested in working one-on-one with me, then email me or click the link in the show notes. Um, you can also go to my Instagram at underscore Melanie Christina and reach out to me there as well. So that's all for this week. I'll see y'all next week and I hope you'll join me then. Love y'all. Bye. 
Thanks for joining us this week on My Rough Draft Podcast. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at underscore Melanie Christina and be sure to subscribe to this show so you don't miss any new episodes. Now, do me a favor and please leave us a five-star rating and review so we can continue to get the word out to other listeners around the world. Also, be sure to head to the roughdraftcollective.com where you can access our online blog, free resources, our one-on-one services, and more. Thanks again for listening and I'll see y'all next week. Bye.